welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Now, if you were with us last week, you know that we had our special guest, Dr. Barry Bussey. We promised that he would be back again this week as we continue to look at this complexities in this intersection between law and religion. Dr. Bussey, thank you so much for coming back again. Great to be here, Bill. So we, you know, uh, folks, I would suggest that they go on our YouTube mm -hmm. channel, watch last week's program. We don't want to take a whole lot of time because you have so much information. Mm -hmm. We want to go into that. But for those that weren't around last week, it's available on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page or at l4ltv.com. Mm -hmm. Now, in your PhD dissertation, mm -hmm. you describe a revolution going on between law and religion. I mean, is it really, is that, is it really that serious? I mean, it's... Well, very... yeah, it's, it's a revolution, and, and I use the term from um, a philosopher by the name of Thomas Kuhn, who talked about the anatomy of a scientific revolution. In other words, you know how um, science is absolutely convinced on one particular point, you know, that the Earth is flat. Right, right. <laughs> and then suddenly, you yes. know, uh, we get uh, telescopes inter, uh, uh, invented and we find out, no, it's not so yeah, flat, right? Exactly. Uh, and it's an evolution, a revolution in that sense. Got right? it. But um, nevertheless, it still has dramatic consequences. And the revolution I'm referring to is the idea that historically in the, in the West, Western countries, freedom-loving countries. We've always had a um, government has uh, respected and accommodated religion and religious practice. And we see that, uh, you know, boatloads in early decisions at the Supreme Court of Canada, for example, where uh, just, uh, Chief Justice Brian Dixon talked about uh, the importance of religious freedom and, and so on. In fact, he referred to uh, religious freedom as part of the original freedoms, uh, uh, sorry, that was uh, Justice Rand on original freedoms, but uh, Dixon referred to it as a prototypical right, and that our uh, our liberal democracy is based on this uh, importance of, of religious freedom. And <clears throat> so we've had these accommodations. And for example, right. you'll have, you know, Sikh people who wear the turban in Alberta. Um, you can uh, drive your bicycle without wearing a helmet. Um, you've had uh, situations where um, people who uh, have holy days and they want to get off of work in order right, to okay. go to church or that right. kind of thing, right? right? So we've always accommodated. Right. Even today, if you go for a, a gun license and if your religious view is that you should never have your picture taken, uh, then you don't have to have your picture taken, wow. you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. So there's always been this sense of accommodation. But in the last number of years, and I say it's only really within the last probably... I'd say five-ish years, thereabouts, uh, not even really a decade or so. It's uh, maybe a decade, but, but even then, uh, we've seen a dramatic change, hmm. um, and, and it's what I call a revolution. So in a, it, it's a revolution in the sense that the law has accommodated religion, but today, because of the secular age and those yes. who uh, uh, want to go back to last week's program, yes, yes. as I've talked about that, as a result of that, we get this um, uh, mindset that no, we cannot accommodate religion now because uh, first of all, it's, it's backward and, and that we are, it, to give religious freedom, they would say, is to grant 
the right to discriminate. So religious mm -hmm. freedom now has got this negative yes. connotation right. that if your religious community, uh, for example, doesn't ordain women or uh, your religious community says marriage is one man and one you know, those traditional uh, concepts, then you're, we're giving you the right to, to discriminate. discriminate. Wow. And so that's playing in a, in a big part. And so the Trinity Western University case, which we introduced last time, where the, this private religious school exempt from um, the human rights legislation had a previous case that went to the Supreme Court where they were granted religious freedom on, on having a new uh, education program. Here they are now asking for a law program and are being denied. Um, that is part of what I call the revolution. So in other words, we, we can't accommodate these people anymore because it goes against, quote, charter values. Hmm. Now, the yeah. re... Yeah. Yeah, what is that? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so charter values, um, we don't know what it means. And that's part of the problem. I mean, the, there's... Um, what it seems to be is that um, if you look at the charter as a whole, it has certain ideas uh, that seem to resonate with the charter, like, for example, equality, uh, human rights, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, but what does equality mean? What does justice mean? Right. And who gets to determine right. what those mean? And so in the Trinity Western case, the, um, the court said, look, law societies, they can decide for themselves yeah. that the charter values are being violated as they define them. And the dissent, Justice Brown, uh, Justice Cote and Justice Brown, uh, who wrote a, an opinion in the Trinity Western cases that was in dissent. In other words, they disagreed with the majority. So it was a 7-2 majority against Trinity, okay. and they basically said, um, you know, charter values are the idiosyncrasies of the judicial mind. Hmm. So in other words, it's up to the individual judge to decide what is a charter value, and that's why it's so controversial. Right. And what is fascinating to me is that in the Trinity Western case, the majority decision says, well, the charter values doctrine is a, an acceptable um, constitutional interpretive tool or words to that effect and that it's far from controversial. Well in that decision itself hmm. it's controversial because you had uh, Justice even McLaughlin and Justice Rowe uh, both who wrote their own concurring opinions in other words they agreed with the majority but um, but they themselves had problems with charter values and then of course the two justices uh, who wrote in dissent so even in the decision itself, it right, was a controversy. Yeah, right. So it's, it's just mind-boggling uh, as to what's happening. And I think charter values is a very, very dangerous subject and uh, a dangerous concept and doctrine. And we see uh, uh, some decisions even in the Ontario Court of Appeal which are challenging this concept of charter values. So then what is a charter value? Yes. We don't know what a charter value is, but the judge seems to know when he or she sees it. And, but the problem is, and here's the big issue, here is where it comes right to the pinnacle. The problem is, is that a charter value, which is not defined in the charter, it's not in the Canadian Constitution anywhere will you find the term charter value and its definition. But yet, that charter value concept 
was used by the majority in Trinity Western to take away a charter, a charter right that is in the Constitution. Wow. And that is why it's so dangerous. A charter value which is not defined eliminates a charter right that is defined. Exactly. My and that's goodness. why this decision, in my view, is by far one of the most dangerous decisions that the Supreme Court of Canada ever made. And it's particularly uh, a problem for religious communities, right. which we have seen already, yeah. Trinity Western, yes. right? It's denied, it, it has a charter right for religious freedom. It's not subject to the charter. It's a private institution, not getting government money. It already had a previous uh, decision in its favor, and all of that meant nothing no value. because of the charter value concept. I mean, it's simply outrageous as far as I'm concerned. Now, so what does this mean now going forward? Well, going forward, we get, for example, Justice uh, McLaughlin in her uh, concurring agreement, uh, a concurring um, decision, she says that what really bothers her in this whole thing is that if the law society um, granted the accreditation to the law school, then the law society would be condoning oh my goodness. the discrimination or the deemed discrimination. Would be complicit in that discrimination. Complicit. Yeah. Right? So how far do you take that? Yeah, I know. So, for example, one of uh, Ju Justice Malcolm Rowe, uh, who unfortunately went with the majority decision, but nevertheless he caught what the issue was here. During the oral argument, uh, the intervener for the Canadian Bar Association said that um, the the government now must uh, be careful as to uh, granting its pub what they call public benefits. So things like approvals, accreditation, so forth, and any special status. And the question was asked, well, um, is granting charitable status a public benefit? And she said yes. And then, then Justice Malcolm Rowe says, well, well, so let's have a look at here for a minute. Look at my... Um, uh, Jesuit, my uh, hypothetical Jesuit institute. In order to be a Jesuit, you have to be a Catholic. In order to be a Jesuit priest, you've got to be a man. So are you saying that, um, you, is your logic that that institute then would not have charitable status or tax-exempt status uh, based on those discriminatory yeah. positions? Right. And she said, well, that's not the case before us. But he says, is that not? But is that where we're going? That is that where we're going? And she says, yes, that's where the logic leads. Wow. And she says, we can't um, back away from it. That's where we are. So um, when I heard that, uh, it became very clear to me that this thing is ongoing now. Like, I mean, this is not stopping with just Doesn't accreditation. Sound like it, yeah. No. This, th th it's now going to be the argument. Well, if your organization is now going to violate charter values, values that as, no one defines, that no one defines yeah. except those in authority, yes. um, that, um, and if, if uh, the government agency were to grant accreditation or the public benefit, then they would be condoning oh that discrimination. God. Okay, so think about it. Yeah. Charitable status Who's across gonna, the country. Yeah. yeah, think about the the uh, religious um, uh, religious schools, for example, uh, elementary schools, high schools. 
that uh, get government accreditation for their education program. And if those are from religious communities where there are, um, you know, uh, traditional moral views, then are, is the education department then condoning discrimination? Or how about churches? Churches that preach a traditional way of life, you know? I, I refer to them as uh, Philly, and, uh, and it's F-H-L-I, okay, so okay. fundamental human life issues like uh, marriage, abortion issues, okay. end of life, yes. so forth, right? And so if, if there are these, and we know there are these many religious communities that hold very traditional views, and government is now somehow, there, you know, there are 86,000 charities that are registered in Canada, 86,000. So then following that logic of Trinity Western uh, University decision, then is government now condoning the opinions and views of those 86,000 uh, charities, of which we figure somewhere around 36,000 are actually Christian charities. Now, granted, not every Christian community is going to have the same view on all right. these issues, but right. that's not the point. Right. The point is, is there's going to be a lot of groups that, held these, that hold these traditional views. So it's becoming a real dog's breakfast now. And now, here's another thing that's fascinating to me, and I, I tell you, not that I got an opinion on this, but I'm just saying, like, just consider, for example, that in 2001 decision of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said then, look, if we allow, remember that was the case dealing with the education, education degree. Yes, Trinity. If we allow the, uh, the uh, admissions policies to prevent Trinity from being able to be accredited because it's deemed discriminatory and so on, then uh, what is to stop for uh, the agencies to say that this, that an individual teacher who is a member of a particular church that has these views oh that they shouldn't God. be having their, um, they shouldn't be able to teach. Yes, their accreditation. Their accreditation, absolutely. Yeah. So, so to the individual. So now to the individual. So that's what the court said in 2001. Okay. So, you know, you follow the yes. logic on and we get to this absurd concept Absolutely. that by granting accreditation. Now, why is this even possible? Why is it, you know, people say, well, Barry, you know, you're being over dramatic on this. No, I'm not actually. Uh, because if you look at the decision that was recently made by the Ontario Court of Appeal in dealing with uh, Christian physicians and um, who had a problem with being involved with abortion industry and in doing referrals, in doing sex assignment uh, surgeries and right. so forth because it violates their personal conscience. Right. Basically, the Ontario Court of Appeal said, well, perhaps, perhaps uh, being a physician is not really not what you want to do. Wow. I mean, just think about that. I mean, Maybe you want to consider we, doing something else for a living. Yeah. I mean, have we really come to this? I mean, it's just outrageous what's happening. And it just seems to me that the time has come for people to say, look, I'm sorry, but this is ridiculous. This That's is just simply unacceptable. We have got to find a way in this country to be able to live together on the same piece of real estate, even though we have a difference of opinion, yes. a difference of views and yes. all the rest of it. Absolutely. But it's, it's now becoming this titanic struggle. And uh, so anyhow, just to let you know yes. that 
Uh, coming up uh, real soon, we're having a book published. And what we've done is, is that based on the presentation on that second day of hearing in the uh, Trinity Western case uh, back in uh, 2017, we decided, you know what? The issue of charitable status is going to become uh, an, an issue of public discussion. So what we did was we got a group of scholars from, uh, from Europe, uh, from Britain, from uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and uh, we put together uh, an apology, uh, and, and in other words, arguments supporting the right or the ability, or it's not the right, but I mean, supporting uh, society to continue to give registered charitable status to religious organizations or advancement of, or that are involved in the advancement of religion. And um, so we're basically saying, look, we are now, it's not a matter of just reading tea leaves anymore because we see where the arguments are going right, exactly. and we have got to be prepared because that's coming. So Barry, um, the uh, Canadian summer jobs, mm. was that, how does that dovetail? Was that the government feeling that if they approve the funding that they too would be condoning? Absolutely. Oh, okay. This so was, got, so it's actually, that's actually being applied right now. Well, well, it was, but they, you know, because of uh, the groups that uh, rose up against it, and 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 our office at Canadian Council of Christian Charities, we we said, look, you know, this is simply unacceptable, and we got involved in a very serious uh, campaign on this. Uh, we actually have a uh, legal defense fund. Uh, we encourage people to, to give and to support us in this work. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, what was happening, like, here it is. The government says that uh, anyone who's applying for these Canada summer jobs must agree to the government's position on charter values. First of all, we don't even know what yeah. charter values are, and that we not violate the charter. Well, guess what? The charter doesn't... We have no responsibility in keeping the chart. We're not government. We're private citizens. It is only the government that can violate the charter, not citizens, not religious organizations. So when, when government was going around saying, well, you know, you must sign here saying that you're not going to violate the charter. Well, we can't violate the charter in law. Basic law is impossible. Government can violate the charter. Government has a responsibility. We don't. But you see, here's what's happening. And this is why it's so problematic. Authoritarian governments yes. always put their responsibility onto the citizens. So then the citizens began looking at other citizens and saying, hey, you're violating government policy on this, that, and the other thing. And so here we have an example of the government saying, well, we're going to treat these uh, organizations that receive government money as if they're government actors. No, that's not how it works. That's never how it's been working in our society. And um, it is something, if we're a free, loving society, we simply cannot accept that kind of thing. And um, so, anyhow, that's been, uh, uh, that's been a, a real bone of contention, and it's something we've got to keep our eyes on the ball because uh, anytime we see government trying to impose uh, such concepts as charter values, we have no idea what you're talking about, and then for them to be violating charter rights, uh, it's, just, it's just simply wrong. My goodness, you know, like I said to you last time, the fact is that uh, most of us are ignorant to this. 
to these things. You know, and, and I think this is one of the problems. Remember, as I shared with you on last time, there are three groups, the media, yeah. the legal profession, and academia, and academia yeah. right? In essence, what's happening, in my view, there's kind of an echo chamber going on. Uh, people in the media, academia, and so on, are, are talking amongst themselves and are coming up with these ideas and concepts. But the average person yeah. simply has not a clue right. as to what's happening and how it's going to affect their own lives. Now, let me tell you that if, uh, if things happen, like the Canada Summer Jobs is a perfect example. When people began to see that they weren't going to get the money to run the church camps, for example, right. um, then they, then they got to see firsthand what this ideology right. leads to. Right. We, we have a saying in Brazil, I lived in Brazil, and it's something like, pepper on your tongue doesn't burn me. Yeah. Right? So it <laughs> yeah. only affects me when it's on me, right? Yeah, that's exactly. So all right. of a sudden people ran, wait a second, this has yeah. an impact on us as an organization, as an individual. Very interesting. Yeah. So I, I encourage you, Bill, and, and your viewers to just kind of keep, keep track of what's happening. And uh, we're doing everything we can at Canadian Council of Christian Charities to um, let people know what's happening um, to, so that they're prepared. Yeah, it's kind of a scary thought that when you think that folks can, government can act in a way just because someone's thoughts offended them. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And their I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like what you said. Yeah. And their definitions carry the day because they have power. Yeah. And uh, that, that's a real problem. Wow. Um, we're going to have, if it's okay with you, a link for my website. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, to, you know, to you, to your, to your Twitter, to your, I know you do a blog too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, <laughs> we, uh, we have a blog called Intersection and uh, we are um, uh, basically as issues come up, uh, the, you know, I'm writing about it. Um, I give my perspective on things. Um, I have a very um, active Facebook page, Law and Religion. Uh, so Facebook slash Law and Religion Canada. And, um, and what I'm doing there is I'm putting up the cases and uh, stories that are like live. Like it's, it's like probably four or five times a week or more that I'm uh, posting things on there. Um, and so we're, we're trying to uh, let people know what yeah. the issues are. You know, uh, one of the reasons I, I love having you on the program because you are a scholar but you speak in a way that everybody understands and you well, communicate very effectively and I really appreciate that. Well, uh, you know, it's, these are issues that motivate me certainly because I see it uh, and I see it from a historical perspective, you know. When, when these individual freedoms are being yeah. taken away, it goes to a bad end. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, our time just flies by. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to have to have you back because I think we need to be spending more time talking about these impactful realities in our life. So thank you very much. We'll You're see you back again. Uh, we're going to end the program with a prayer like, like we do every program. Sure. Our gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you again for these moments that we have spent just uh, learning a little bit more about what is going on in our world, Heavenly Father. And uh, I just pray for, for Barry and, and people like him that uh, stand up for these freedoms and promote these. And Father, I, I, I think of our leaders, our judges, our politicians. Father, just guide them and, and, and allow them the, the wisdom to make the right decisions that will move this country forward. 
Uh, we thank you for everything you do for us. Bless each and every viewer now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our uh, special offer for our viewers. Uh, those that are with us every week know that every week we like to offer you a resource uh, for your spiritual library. Today is no exception. We have a little booklet here. Uh, it is called uh, How to Survive Armageddon. And we'd love you to have this little book. It uh, reaffirms that in spite of everything around us, we are safe in the arms of a loving God. We'd love to send this to you by mail, no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you'd like to receive this book, listen carefully to the information you're about to receive. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you so much for being here with us and uh, ask you to help us in getting the word out so your friends and family can join us next time. Um, Dr. Bussey made reference to a book that, is, that he has that deals with these issues. We will have a link on our website that will allow you to purchase this book and get this information into your hands because we need to be aware of what is happening. Uh, Dr. Bussey, thank you so much for coming. Great to be here, Bill, for we, sure. We, uh, like I said, we want to have you back again because uh, these topics are so vital to us. Yeah. So yeah. God bless you in the work that you do. And uh, thank you. let folks know what's your Twitter, uh, how to get a hold of you on Twitter. Sure, it's uh, just uh, Barry W. Bussey or at Barry W. Bussey uh, on Twitter. And then uh, for Facebook, it's uh, Law and Religion Canada. Okay, we'll have those links also on our website. Uh, because we're going to uh, officially announce that you're our legal expert here. <laughs> Lessons for Living Television. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, don't forget uh, um, to follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, a one-minute devotional video uh, goes out. And folks, tell me, that's for many of them, that's the way they start their day. You know, they get to a cup of coffee and they watch that devotional video. It's a good idea to start your day with your mind on things of heaven. Uh, follow us on Twitter like our Facebook page, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. On this program and all the programs, you can download an audio of this program on SoundCloud. That'll be available on our Twitter page and on our Facebook page about an hour from the end of this program. And you can take that audio version of the program with you wherever you go. And so uh, think of that. It's another resource that is available to you. Remember our website, l4ltv.com, and our overseas humanitarian work website, missionnowcanada.com. On both of those websites, 
There's a Donate Today tab. If you feel so impressed to do so, you can make a donation to help keep this ministry on the air. We are a charitable organization. We'll send you a receipt for income tax purposes. We are all out of time. Barry, thank you again, and thank you to our viewers. We look forward to seeing you here again next time. God bless you. We'll see you then.